0: Welcome to the podcast. My name is Danny Cola. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so that you can join me in having some epic conversations that access higher levels of potential with creatives and professionals from all around the globe. Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is former NFL kicker, Mike Hollis. Mike was the first ever kicker for the Jacksonville Jaguars and was also a member of the New York football giants and Buffalo Bills. Mike is also the owner of ProForm Kicking Academy where he trains NFL kickers and other college and high school kickers. In this episode, Mike shares his journey on getting to the NFL and his love for kicking and how he breaks down form and technique. He also shares some of his thoughts about the NFL today and maybe what some of the issues are in today's kickers. He shares some of his techniques and tidbits on optimization when it comes to movement and strength training. It was a great conversation to have, and I'm glad to have had it. and grateful for picking the brain of an NFL professional and an NFL veteran and share this information with you young kickers out there. I think it's an important thing to do. I think that's what's cool about podcasting, and I think that's what's cool about the internet today is that we get to instantaneously share this information. So without further ado, here's Mike Hollis. Enjoy the show, everybody. All right, Mike Hollis, thank you so much for uh, doing the podcast. The first ever uh, Jacksonville Jaguar kicker, right? And the first points of the franchise came from your foot. Thank you uh, for your time today and
1: coming on the show, bro. That, that that's one record that uh, will never be broken. You know, yeah, so- right.
0: Being the first kicker of the first <laughs> franchise to <laughs> enter the NFL. <laughs>
1: And uh, yeah, Scobie came in and played, I think, 10 or 11 years here in Jacksonville. I was only here seven, but, um, you know, of course, obviously, as a kicker, you know, for that long, especially, he's going to, at one point, you know, break all my records as far right. as you know, points and all that. So, but that that one, he can't touch.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, talk to me a little bit about how your love for kicking kind of unfolded and uh, your road to uh, getting into college and, and into the oh. pros and, and all that, because... That to me, like I got into kicking late. I was 21 years old. I played soccer my entire life. I dropped out of college for the first couple of years, went back, kicked from 21 to 25 and just fell in love with the process. Try to make it to the NFL. Once I got started kicking with the bigger guys, I was like, oh shit, I'm a, I'm a small guy in a, in a big pond here. But just to see that, I consider it a success and learning from the best. So talk to me a little bit about your road.
1: Wow, I mean, how much time we got? <laughs>
0: yeah, we got sixty minutes, so condense it. No, I'm just joking. We got, I got whatever, man. I just love okay. chatting.
1: No, you know the, the thing with with me, and I'll start out by saying this that that I was never a real, real big guy. You know, I wasn't mm. uh, you know real tall, not real heavy, um, definitely not the most athletic. Um, guy on the field. I, I was athletic, but, but as compared to, you know, guys in the NFL at that point, you know, um, it, my athletic abilities is just a little bit above average. So mm. I'm, not, I'm not big. I'm, I'm not heavy. I don't have a lot of weight. Um, I'm not freakishly athletic. Um, so, but the thing with me is that I really enjoyed kicking. I played a lot of soccer and, and I didn't like to run a lot, you know, mm. you know <laughs> soccer was fun, but man, I was exhausted after game. Me too,
0: I, bro. <laughs>
1: I wasn't a runner. So, um, you know, I was playing, you know, soccer in high school and football in high school, of course, because I was still so damn small. Um, I just focused on the kicking position because that's yeah. what I felt that I would probably have the best chance of, of playing at, which obviously is true. So, you know, me at 140 pounds or whatever in high school, <laughs> playing football as a kicker, um, already at that point on, you know, yeah, as a high school kicker that can kick okay, you know, I was okay. I had a couple 50 yarders my senior year, but, um, you know, I, I just enjoyed kicking. And then, you know, I got a guy, the, a guy by the name of Jim Gatano. Um, we actually shared the same high school coach, but at probably 10 or 12 years different apart. Mm-hmm. He's older than me. Um, he, he, he had a, the, his high school football coach was a different high school um, at the time. He was playing high school in Spokane, Washington. We both grew up in Spokane, Washington. But uh, by the time I grew, grew up and, and, and went to uh, high school, uh, that same coach was, was coaching for the high school I went to. And so Jim... He had tried out. He had played college and, and he tried out uh, for many teams. And finally, after 10 years of trying out, you know, of course, back then they had open tryouts. The NFL just, hey, come on in. They had yeah. Teams.
0: Talk to me about that. Like what's I mean, was the competition high? I mean, like what is what well, is that like when they say, hey, here's an open tryout? What's that like you go in, you just kick well, a few balls or what?
1: Yeah, but I, I didn't have that experience. Jim did prior mm. to you know them really getting you know cutting down on the on the on the people they could bring in. Yeah. Jim had the ability to go these open trials. So I, I really don't know. I, and again, mm. I've heard stories. He's told me that you know there's a lot of guys, and it's just it's it's very chaotic, and balls were flying everywhere. Yeah. And, um, you know. Anyway, so he did that for a long time. You know, ten years or so, and finally got in with the Chiefs in 1987. Mm. So uh, the thing with Jim is that uh, he he throughout this ten year transition and by the way when he finally got in he was at the age of 30 I believe he was kicking the best he'd ever kicked before in his life Mm. you know he took the 10 years it took him a you know good time to figure out what what was the right way of kicking and he's a very interesting man Um, I say that in a good way Um, he's different he's old school but very intelligent when it comes to kicking very always kind of leaves he lives he, he breathes he eats he sleeps kicking all right. I, so seen I just got back. He just got back in town after like a two two and a half week, you know, uh, time off back in Washington. And I walk in the office, and he doesn't say, "Hey, how you doing?" He's like, "Hey, you know, I, I was thinking about that that thing you were talking about the other day, kicking." But I'm, I wasn't like, "Hey, good to see you," you know. Or it, it just it's weird. But anyways, um, very very in tune to kicking and and different. Okay, so kind of my road getting there, of course, being a small guy, I had to, you know, prove a lot of people wrong. First off, yeah, um, those people, Oh, you're small. You will never make it this and that. And you know, how many times I was heard? No, you know, i always, yeah, no, you know, thank you. But you know, this and that, this and that, well, um, that actually made me work harder because I knew what my abilities were. And, you know, obviously as a kicking position, um, you're not, you can't be too worried about the size of the guy. It's just, you know, as a kicker, you're not you're
0: split the uprights, baby. Safe,
1: right. You just kick the ball through the uprights. That's your that's job. It. You need to now on tackling on, on kickoffs. That's a different story. That's something you could, you know, consider as far as, you know, your, your, af, athlete that you're looking right. for is a athlete. But right. I'll get in there and I, you know, I'm an athlete. I got in there and, and made tackles. I got credit for 11 tackles my whole NFL career and probably had probably six or seven or eight more than that, that were maybe a holding penalty on. And, yeah. Uh, obviously didn't get credit for it. So, um, but, you know, going, going through, you know, high school. Okay. So you remember the name Jason Hansen, right? Mm, yes. From, 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 uh, well, he's actually from Spokane, Washington as well. He played
0: he's, with Carolina. Was that Carolina?
1: No, He played for Detroit. He oh, Detroit. For Detroit.
0: Okay. 20, right, right. That's right.
1: 21 years, something like that. Okay, One team that's right. Was drafted by the Detroit lions back in probably 93 or so and played for, uh, 92, maybe and played for 21 years, something like that. Anyways, well, Jason and I went to different high schools, um, but yet we were two years apart. So we played soccer against each other and football against each other. Well, Jason has a younger brother by the name of Travis Hansen, who did both soccer and was a kicker in football as well. So when Jason, you know, left his high school and went on to Washington State University, Travis was the kicker for Mead High School, which is where they went. So Travis is a kicker at Mead. I'm a kicker at Central Valley. And we were kind of the top two, kickers in the league at that, at that time, as far as in, in our greater Spokane league. And, you know, Travis was a bigger guy. He had the name of his brother. So he kind of was given a lot of opportunities and, you know, he's a smart guy. So eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, moving forward, fast forwarding, you know, he, he went on to get a, 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 a full ride scholarship to the university of Washington. And I was bypassed by a lot of colleges. I had a few Division one schools that had contacted me. but of course, it was just a questionnaire like, you know, we've got an interest in you, you know, fill us out. Um, you know we might might ask you to walk on, whatever. There was never any scholarship opportunities
0: Sorry to cut you off there, but was there a lot of camps or anything like that with kicking back in in the day?
1: Um, back in the uh, early nineties, uh, actually late eighties. Um, I went to one camp and it was a Ray Pelfrey camp. Um, and Ray Pelfrey, Dick Pierce. Um, that was really the only camp that I really knew of at the time. And I, I honestly didn't get a whole lot out of it. Not, mm. not to say that's bad, but they were, especially with what I know now, I know that, style they were teaching everybody there was not the style was going to work for me or Mm. anybody to get to their best ability so ultimately i didn't i only did one camp but you know jim after he finished up with uh with this camp he got released because he was competing against nick lowry so it came down to jim cutano and nick lowry for the kicking position in 1987 and jim kicked off better than nick lowry but nick lowry is nick lowry right he's a legend right so Mm um obviously he had played a few years prior to that and, and, and earned you know learned his his name and his position so uh jim got released and when he did he just decided he was gonna coach he came back to spokane and he would go to all the high schools in the area and obviously being the having the same coach you know but different schools he he, he came to my school a bit more and um you know the thing is though i didn't really listen a whole lot to jim back then as far as his you know he'd come and you know, work out with me at practice but then when he left i would just kind of go back to what i was doing before mm. and. I guess I don't know if I just, it was young. I was young and I I don't know if I guess I just didn't take it serious or what, but, um, and again, he wasn't that detailed back then. Now, fast forward two more years. So after I finished high school, um, you know, Travis goes on to university of Washington. I'm getting blown off by a bunch of schools. And I finally said, you know, I, I want to earn a scholarship and, and I don't care what level, what I have to do to earn a scholarship. I had a couple of junior colleges in the, in Washington state area mm. that were looking to, to recruit me. And I went with one of them. So I did, I did play two years of junior college at uh, Wenatchee Valley college in, in Wenatchee Washington. Okay. And then, um, you know, I had a blue chip all American my first year and, and did really well my second year. And even after my second year, you know, I'm thinking, okay, well now I get a, you know, I want to go play division one somewhere. And even then, you no know, opportunities. Coaches, it's mm. just like, ah, well, you know, if we do have an opportunity, we'd have you have you walk on, but we've got a guy already, but you know, you could, you could beat him out, but you know, he's pretty solid, this and that. Well, John L. Smith at University of Idaho was, was the only coach really. And then there was Montana. University of Montana was interested in me. But um, I had an opportunity to earn a scholarship right off the bat when I went to Idaho. There was, they had a, brought a kid in from Michigan State who they thought was going to be the guy. And they weren't really that impressed with him during their, their winter you know, winter stuff. And uh, that's when they asked me to come in and compete. And they had a scholarship available for either one of us, whoever wins the position. So, you know, University of Idaho had a dome. You know, it was close to home. And, uh, I thought, yeah, it's the best of both worlds. I'm right down nice. the road, my, my hometown. So
0: kicking in so, a dome, but, you said,
1: yeah, yeah. The Kibbe dome. Yeah, was nice. a small little dome but, but, uh, yeah, so I was able to play there. So I, I did, you know, obviously were in the position there and got that scholarship. And again, it, it was one double a at the time. Um, since then, after a few, two or three, I think four years after I left Idaho, they went up to one a, but then now they're back down to one double a. They just couldn't survive division one, a level. Um, but we were very good at division, you know, one double a, we had guys like Doug Nussmeyer who was the offensive coordinator for Alabama and Florida. And now he's the quarterbacks coach for the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. So Doug Nussmeyer was our quarterback. We had Jeff Robinson. We had a bunch of great athletes on that team. Um, And, you know, we were winning a lot of games. So I had the luxury of having, you know, NFL scouts coming through because Doug had a pro day for for him and a couple other guys. Mm. But I was there at pro day and uh, really didn't get a lot of looks. But, um, you know, I had opportunities to be in the area, you know, kicking while, you know, coaches came in to see the other guys. So that's kind of really where I got noticed. Um, And, you know... After Idaho, of course, uh, trying to get in the NFL, I knew I wasn't going to get drafted, so I was like, "Oh, that's that's going to be you know far fetched thing for me." So, anyways, I was able to um, get an opportunity to um, uh, the Chargers like me. So they actually flew me down to San Diego, and then actually nice. before that, the week before that, I'm sorry, I jumped forward ahead. Um, the Atlanta Falcons came to, to uh, Idaho and, and actually worked me out, um, got in my Mouse Davis, um, and, and I kicked lights out during that little tryout I had nice. with them. So they flew me out uh, right after the draft and I competed against four other guys for um, a camp kicker position. Um, and I didn't do the best out of the five guys that were there. Um, Todd Peterson was the guy they went with. Um, and could, again, Todd had a, a great career with uh, with the uh, uh, Seahawks and a couple of teams, I think. But um, So anyway, so I go back to, to school or go back home and, and then and the next the week later, uh, the Chargers want to fly me in. So they flew me in. And it, was, it was just me and another guy. And, uh, again, I kicked really well. And they liked me. And they wanted to sign me. And I'm like, well, of course. Yes, that's so, <laughs>
0: No brainer. Uh,
1: right. But, but you know, John Carney had been there for two, I, maybe three or four years at that point. And, uh, you know, I knew of him. I knew he was a stud. So I, I was figuring, yeah, of course, it's an opportunity to play in the NFL, you know, preseason at least. Just be a camp leg absolutely jumped out an opportunity. So I was there for just the preseason. Um, great experience, learned a lot, learned a, a lot from John and, and just yeah, kind just
0: of to, don't mean to cut you off there. But like you're saying so many awesome things like that road is so nice. It's, um, you know, I ask you that question, because a lot of kids might get discouraged when the first thing that they put themselves attached to doesn't work out, you know, or they have a bad day, you know, and you know, a guy like you talk about, the the community college and working your way to a scholarship and you know not listening to the bullshit and still persevering that's that's my goal to get out of you like that's the real that's the real nitty-gritty that's the journey that I want kids to hear and Uh, I think that's, that's really important. So that being said, like you're around a lot of professionals, you're getting calls from NFL teams. So that's got to make you feel good. That's got to make you feel, Hey, this, this is going to happen. I got to keep rolling with it. It's like the universe giving you more pieces of, Hey, this is my dream. This is my goal. This is what I want to do. And I'm trying to get out, get out of it what I can. And Mm -hmm. you're absorbing information from other professionals and that's probably making you a better professional. So yeah, I just want to highlight some of those points because I think they're very, very important
1: yeah and, and the great, great points, um, and the thing that, that I was always challenged and, and with me and my mentality, the thing is that when when, I, when you enjoy kicking so much and you enjoy um, getting better and, and, and you challenge yourself, yeah. things turn into it's just you against you yeah and, you know what I mean and if you just you know try to get to the best of your ability and whatever level that gets you, you have to be happy with. Yeah, because you can't be. And again, I've I've seen, I've coached for a long time, and I've seen these kids. And, and the unfortunate part is that they're they're told differently. They're told that they should be. Oh, you're great, you know, little Johnny. Right. You're going to mm. be great. You're going to be in the NFL this and that. And, and so they're they're pumping these these kids up with. I don't want to say false hope, but they have to be a little bit more realistic. And not yeah, only, you know, the, the, and I'm really referring to like the parents and, 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 and peers and things like that. And and when you when you are, get that false sense of hope and then you don't achieve a certain level, then your, 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 your dreams are blown. Like everyone said I was going to be this and I, you know, I should be here. And, and those are, you know, typically the kids that make excuses, those are those, you know?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So, so so So, so, your, your, your road was there. So your chargers Atlanta, let's, let's pause right there, but let's go back to the you against you in the kicking, right? What draws you every time to that moment the snap the hold the people watching the the feeling oh my god i'm i gotta i gotta shine it's such a black or white moment like what attracts you to that
1: Uh, you know the i i my capabilities i knew that i was good enough to do good things i knew that i wasn't perfect um but having success on the practice field and 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 you know over and over and over again, and you, you finally start to, you know, create this, this inner confidence within mm-hmm. yourself, so you know that you're, you're already on the field, you're already knowing that you're going to have a really good chance of making this, and of course, you know, getting to, to play in the NFL, and if, if you've asked me this question, you say, hey Mike, how long were you excited, man, what, what was your feeling like when you were first, you know, first realized that you made a, an opening season roster, like you've made it in the NFL, So, you know what, Danny, it was, it was awesome. I I was excited for about 10 seconds. Mm. What do you mean you're excited for 10 seconds? Well, literally that's what it was. It was the the challenge of getting to that level of football I achieved. Now the question is now what? Okay. Well, do I just coast? No No. way. (laughs) Not even a chance. No way. Everybody wants that job. Yeah, I got to get better because I don't I, I, I'm i the last thing I want to do is coast and just, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, arrogant and think that, oh, I just made it, I can just coast now and things will just fall in my lap. That's, that's not what happens, by the way. And and of course, you probably realize that, but Sure, it, from
0: everything that you're saying, the perseverance, the keeping on going, having a good workout. So take me back to the Chargers camp, they or they worked you out, they liked you. Yes. Yeah, so, let's keep yeah, so on I, from I,
1: there. I spent the the camp, uh, 1994, I spent with, with the Chargers. Um, we had five preseason games, uh, Hall of Fame game. And then we went over to Germany and played over there in America. Nice. For a couple more games. And I was released after the uh, third, I think the third game. Um, but again, it was just a, a great experience for me. And, and I learned a lot. And and, um, you know, then I, then he, here's another hurdle that I had. So, so after I got released in there, I went back to school, took a, uh, a semester of school and, um, and then halfway in the, in the middle of that, you know, semester of school, I, I got, I, my agent reached out to me and they, and the general manager from the chargers reached out to me. Um, Bobby Bethard was the guy's name. Bobby reached out to me and said, Hey Mike, you know, uh, you know, the, um, world league NFL Europe, essentially the world league. Is is coming up again. They're actually going to be starting up a new season, and uh, they're having a draft, and we're going to enter you in the draft because we think you're definitely available, and and obviously your abilities are good, and and we definitely think that you're you can be you know at this level of play, and and uh, you'll you'll get drafted. More likely, you'll get drafted. So I, for my agent, told me that the general manager from the Chargers said, "Yeah, Mike, you'll get drafted." What do you think Gotta happened? Do it.
0: you didn't get drafted
1: the draft came and went and here i am like my name didn't get called oh wow this is like another slap in my face so
0: yeah how much of that was dude we need we need more kickers and people to play in nfl europe uh go over there you know
1: right right. so so the thing is that you know they told me not to take another semester like the second semester of, of, of school so because they knew that I was going to get drafted. They were so yeah. confident me getting drafted. And Mike, don't even roll in school because you'll have to leave halfway through. So don't even roll in school. Just, you know, you're going to get drafted. Isn't so obviously I didn't get drafted. So now I, I, I literally go back to school. And I can't remember if I actually got enrolled in some classes or not. I don't remember. But um, the good thing is I had opportunities for other coaches. I had a guy on, on Idaho team. Um, he was a punter by the name of Eddie Howard. And Eddie got some really good looks, and uh, he had some coaches that came through there. I said, and he was a good friend of mine. He lived right next door to me in the apartments. So I said, I said Ed, I said man, you know, let me know when these scouts come in to watch you, because guess what? I'm going to be on the other end of the field kicking while you're working out. And that's exactly what happened when the, the Jaguars came to work out Eddie Howard. I was on the opposite end of the field, kicking, you know, really good, nice and solid kicking. We're kicking in the dome, so you know, it's there's no one in there, so it echoes yeah. and it sounds yes. like a, a bomb went off, you know. Yes. And so, hitting balls really well. And after, you know, Eddie was done with his workout, I ran over and introduced myself to the scout. And he was like, Yeah, I saw you kicking us pretty good. I'll definitely keep you in mind, you know. So, fast forward. And of course, the Gi- Giants came through there and Minnesota came through there. So, I had some other workouts. So, I had opportunities to work out for teams while these other kickers who were drafted instead of me are, you know, having to play a full season. And, and mm. if they, had an opportunity to play in the NFL after that they got two seasons right in a row. So when you hindsight is obviously, you know, 2020, but you can look back and say, it's actually not a bad thing. I didn't, you know, I wasn't drafted. So obviously things happened for a reason. Um, Yeah, I was discouraged, but uh, again, it was just another, you know, reason to prove people wrong. So we work even harder again. So, so after, after that, you know, uh, when I got, you know, the interest from Jacksonville, um, then fast forward to the time that they're, you know, that their new franchise, of course, they're building their team. They had Scott Sisson and they went with a guy by the name of Nelson Welsh And this is 95. And they, they went through their, they had two two uh, mini camps uh, because both them and Carolina, because of the expansion team, they mm-hmm. have granted one extra mini camp. So their first mini camp, I, I'm, I was told that uh, Nelson Welsh did not do very well, like really bad. So mm-hmm. they went to the drawing board and said, listen, we want to find another kicker. so. They started reaching out again. So the guy, you know, reached out to me, my agent. And so talking to them, um, in film. And, and, and if you, if you and if I fast forward another, another, actually rewind a little bit, um, the chargers wanted me to come back. Mm. Bobby Beckham called me personally and said, Hey man, we, we liked you so much. We'd like to have you come back. And, and, um, this is after I'd kind of gotten the intention that Jacksonville might, have, might be available. And I said, Hey Bobby, I, I, I've got some interest from Jacksonville. Um, can you give me a couple weeks? And he was, very polite. Absolutely. Mike, you know, do what you got to do. We really you know, appreciate you and, and just keep us posted. So I had an opportunity to go back to chat, uh, to uh, the chargers, but again, I, and John had gone to the pro bowl that year. So it, my, my odds have, have gone down even since yeah. the year before of making a team because now John's a pro bowler and I'm sure he got a big contract after that. But um, so ultimately I uh, was able to, to, to have an opportunity to, to work out with the, with, the, with the Jaguars, but it was, I had to, I had to drive to a central area in, in Washington state and it was kind of, we had to talk the guy into it sort of, sort of thing, but eventually got a workout with it, with the, with the Jaguars. So had a great workout with the Jaguars.
0: So you had to talk somebody into it?
1: Well, it was, it was, here's the thing. And then this is the other challenge and the thing that I've always, you know, all these challenges I keep bringing up, there's just another one. After a couple of weeks after I'd sent my video in, um, they had reached out to my agent and said, you know, um, you know, we really like Mike. You know, his form and technique are really good. He hits the ball a solid. But Tom Coughlin is looking for a bigger kicker. He wants mm. a bigger guy. <laughs> so My agent at the time um, basically called me, just kind of laughed it off. Like, well, that's the craziest thing I've heard, you know. And I'm like, well, Ken, what do we do now? And he said, well, you know, we can you know, we can go, you know, other teams I've been talking to, we'll just, we'll just reach back out to those teams and keep plugging away. And I was just like, you know, I, I didn't like that answer. Um, so that same day I went to the field to kick with, with Jim Gatano, who I mentioned before as my coach. And um, Jim was furious <laughs> at that time, you know, that was before, before even cell phone. So after our workout, he went to the nearest, the straight to the nearest payphone got on the phone, called up Jacksonville and just reamed him out and said, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Mike kicks like he's 6'2". Why would it matter what his size is, you know? And so eventually after, I don't know if it was after that call, maybe a couple other calls, not by my agent, by Jim, Jim calls him up a bunch of times and kind of just like gives him a a, a bigger picture. Like, listen guys, you know, you, you have no idea what you're talking about. So basically talks him into working me out a second time. So, Literally, and this happened kind of a weird way because I once again I had to give Bobby Bethard an answer about the Chargers and I, I waited long enough and I was literally sitting on a Sunday night with my family and my girlfriend at the time. And I'm like, you know what, I, I'm gonna call Bobby tomorrow and say, Yes, I'll absolutely come back to the Chargers because Jacksonville's been putting me off and you know, last thing I heard is I was too short and I haven't really heard much from them since then. So I was gonna make I made my decision that Monday morning I'm gonna call the Chargers. Well, Monday morning came maybe 11, 10 o'clock, whatever it was, the phone rings. It was Jacksonville. Hey, Mike, we, we, we we're convinced that, that you definitely have the abilities, um, but, you know, Tom Coughlin would like to see you kick in person, so we want to fly you into Jacksonville. Okay, so now we're talking, right? Yeah. So, okay, oh, cool. That, that's, that's great news. Um, i honored, you know, perfect. This is exactly what I was hoping Tom for. Tom
0: Coughlin telling you that, saying that. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so I was able, and they flew me in, and um, on like a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, And uh, I was the only guy that flew in. So I thought, okay, that that says a lot if I'm the only one that they've flown in. At that time, I didn't know the story about Nelson Welch like a a few weeks prior to that. Apparently, he didn't do her well. So um, I kicked again really good. I had uh, a guy by the name of Rick Riprish, who was a director of player personnel. I think he was out there. And he was holding for me. You know, of course, he's an older guy, and the ball's kind of moving, and, you know, it's not the greatest hold. It's just odd. It's not – he's holding with a finger like this. It's just not <laughs> what I'm used to. But, again, word to the wise. Word to, to – to advice for, for kids who get opportunities to work out. Never, ever, ever, ever make excuses. Don't ever try to say, all oh, the whole of oh, this or so that. Never. You just keep your mouth shut, and you do what you got to do. And yes. if, even if it's a terrible hold, ah, man, I could have hit that better, you know. you you have to, you cannot make excuses because that's always your fault for sure. For sure. Exactly. Exactly. So, so Rick was holding, you know, and again, I think I did really well again. I, I probably missed maybe one longer one or maybe even two longer ones. I can't remember, but I was hitting the ball real well. My kickoffs were really solid that day. And I was hitting a really good ball. And of course, um, after that workout, you know, a few hours later, I I um, get a, I go back to the hotel thinking I'm gonna you know fly back home or something, but I, I didn't realize this but they had a mini camp coming up that starting that Thursday which was like tomorrow, <laughs> and so uh, I get a call from the GM saying hey you know we we, we you know we really liked you um, and we're gonna sign you, and, and, and on top of that we're gonna give you five thousand dollars signing bonus and I was like what Are you kidding <laughs> me five grand. Yeah, here I'm a kid I'm, I'm about to have a, a kid a baby you know I my, my son you know, who who he's actually gonna be 25 in a, in a few weeks
0: Time flies man, obviously
1: he was just born but um <laughs> so it was amazing it was an awesome experience so that was really in a nutshell after 30 minutes of talking um no it's good man
0: <laughs> yeah but, like yeah. I get I get so much out of that it's just it's uh it's relentless you know you go and get that job Right. You can't just kind of wait back and sit back and wait till something happens. And you know, you, you didn't got, you got an answer. You didn't like it. You didn't, you got on the phone or somebody else made a phone call. You know, this is how shit gets done. And I'm glad that you shared that because yeah. that's, that's real. And if you want something bad enough, it's, I know it sounds so cliche, but you got to go out there and get it. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's, that sounds like what you did.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And, and I, I'm a big fan of, you know, uh, when I, you know, again, uh, there's people that do great things much better than me, but when it's something that I'm really passionate about and prideful of, I want to, I want to see how good I can get. I want to yeah. see what my level is. And that really where I want to kind of, you know, give you some more insight on, on the kicking aspect is, is really where um, this comes from. When you have a passion about something and the, and the thing with, with pro form kicking, the, the, the stuff that we teach, the stuff that I was taught by Jim Gatano, when you, when you understand that and again I'm I'm biased I'm I'm very prideful of of what we teach because I'm convinced and like I said before I told you I'm not the biggest guy in the world obviously uh not the heaviest guy not the I'm not the fastest guy I'm definitely not very athletic freakishly athletic there's so many freakishly athletic guys out there so I had a lot of stuff against me so I knew that Technique was going to be uh, my, my goal. I wanted to get good at my technique because, and of course, after I started learning the stuff that Jim was teaching me, it all was kind of fitting together like, wow, this is, it's, it's, it's a little challenging to learn, but once I got it down, it, it became so efficient and effective. Mm-hmm. And that's really where I'm going with this is, is that I'm so prideful and, and, and I believe in our methods so much that I think that our methods are what will, will enable any kicker out there, to, to achieve the, the highest level of, of kicking that they specifically can do. Mm. And that's so unfortunate with regards to what's taught out there right now today because a lot of guys are teaching things that maybe they were good at doing mm. and a lot of it had to do with a lot of you know extra motion. And then really that's what we specialize at ProForm. We specialize in get rid of, getting rid of all the extra movement that most kids are going to want to do. Yeah.
0: I noticed that. I noticed that in a couple of your videos, like you were talking about the follow through, for example, there's a lot of extra and I I'm guilty of it myself. When I just go out there and kick, it's a nice follow through and I'm almost like jumping afterwards and I'm just kind of like going with the flow. And when you're doing it, it's just this nice kick through solid boom. That's it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Talk talk to me a little bit about that approach and, and that process and why, why it works so well.
1: Okay. Well, um, you know the thing is that because I mentioned all those things, I'm not real big, not real fast, not be yeah. athletic. I needed my whole body to kick the ball. And what kickers do, and even today, which is so unfortunate, um, that a lot of kickers do way, way too much work,
0: mm. and a
1: lot of kickers put way too much emphasis on their their kicking leg. They they mm. think that the kicking, that kicking the football is is more. You know that the emphasis is more on the kicking leg itself than. Body weight or momentum, and, and when I'm when I'm when referring to body weight, I'm re- really referring to forward momentum. And when I say forward momentum, I'm really referring to body weight. It's the same thing. Mm. So what guys don't do is they, they don't allow they the, because of what they're taught or because of what common sense kicking tells them, which is another th- thing we fight. We fight you know other coaches out there that uh, teach things the kids are already going to do anyways, um, but also we fight the common sense kicking you know, aspect like uh, common sense is right for the kicker. When I go two steps, you know, three steps back and then two steps to the left, I'm standing left of the ball. And then when I stand there looking at the ball, the target is left of me as I'm standing there. So naturally the brain says I've got to do something left to make this ball go straight. Mm -hmm. But we don't think that way. So this whole, this whole time, uh, I'd love to share the whole concept of, uh, and really what I'm saying is, is, is I'm telling kickers this too. You have to change the way you think about kicking because kicking for most people, here's a classic example, guys who spend more time kicking with their leg, they know exactly how far the ball will travel based on how far, uh, how hard they swing their leg. Common sense, right? Yeah. Everyone kind of like, yeah, I want to kick this 50 yards. I got to swing my leg so far or so hard. I want to kick it 20. I can just tap it and go through. Well with pro form and what I've been doing, I don't know how far the ball's going. Because it's my momentum and my timing that kicks the ball. It's not my leg only. There is the
0: momentum and the timing that kicks the ball, and not just the leg. Okay, Absolutely.
1: Knowledge. So I don't have a clue. All I know is I'm gonna run forward and I'm gonna hit a solid ball and it and it should go far. And that's the good news, is because as kickers, we don't have to worry about bending a ball in so, like soccer. We don't right. have to, you know, hit it to the left, upright. We don't have to aim it or steer it. We just we just kick it. And it doesn't matter, you know. Again, I would like to think that everyone thinks this way, but but only a, a small portion of every kicker I've worked with ever thinks this way. But um, most kickers think that they've got to kick a, a twenty or twenty-five or thirty-yard or a certain way. Then they go back to forty or whatever, and they kick it a little differently. And then they go back to fifty, fifty-five. Oh, forget it. I got a wide, you know, a wider angle. I've got to you know swing harder. I got a bigger backswing. So they change all these little things. That as kickers, kickers, we don't we don't get penalized if the ball goes too far on the field goals, do we? <laughs> it's got to go over the upper, over the crossbar, and between split, the uprights. Split, it, baby. So why wouldn't you kick the same ball every time, regardless of where you're on the field? I understand if you're at 55 or 60, you might have that tendency to try to add more to it. I get that, but if you can control that, great. If not, then you're all out of out of whack. But
0: that's definitely. definitely a problem that I had. And I think I was way inconsistent because of that. What more inconsistent than I wanted to be. And it wasn't until I became older and then, you know, kicking in, in flag and doing eight man. And until I started to learn that concept and, and make that a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and and really, if you break it down and, and I've told kids this too, I've been doing this for 14 years now, but and coaching prior, you know, prior to that, but um, tell kids listen, we're, we're, we're in the business of, of, of getting rid of extra movements. So, a lot of the things that we're going to show you and, 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 you know, tell you to do, they're not going to feel real powerful, but that's, that's the, that's the catch is like, listen, if you can do these things under control, and it's, you think, here's a classic example. You think Tiger Woods, when you see Tiger Woods on a driver, you know, he swings fairly quick with his driver and the ball goes real far, but he's very in control. He Mm -hmm. is, he's got so much control over that swing, but he didn't learn that, that, We'll, set, we'll call it a, a, a controllable, aggressive swing. He didn't He didn't learn how to, to, to do a, a controlled, aggressive swing the first day he did a drive. Like when he was first practicing his drives when he was 10 years old, however long uh, yeah. old he was when he first started, he didn't learn that in one day. It took some a lot of time, a lot of practice and all that. Well, again, you have to learn. In order for you to learn controllable movements, you have to do them at a controllable speed. Mm. You can't expect to... to To have a controlled, aggressive swing right out of the gate, you have to learn how to, and I don't even like the word aggressive, firm, we'll call it firm. Mm. Um, It's very difficult. You you can't do that. So when we're trying to teach a kid how to kick a football, the first thing we do is we take their leg away from them, tell them not to swing so hard. And of course, how many of those kids you think say, why would I not want to swing hard? Like Mm. we're telling you, don't swing hard. You've ever heard of the philosophy, less is more. It's kind of the same thing here, but in a nutshell, with pro form, we, we really are, are adding the body. And like I said, the first thing I was talking about when we first got discuss, discussing the, uh, the form and technique is the fact that I'm not real big and strong and freakishly athletic, okay? So I needed my, my form and technique to help me. I need my yeah. body weight to help me. So we, you know, me, I, I'm 180 pounds, and I want to kick with 180 pounds. I don't want to run up to the ball and stop and kick with, you know, 60-pound leg, and that 60 pounds all I'm getting. I want my entire 180 pounds into the Mm kick. Well, the problem is, in order for that to happen, is I got to go through the football more or less in a forward motion. Well, going back to that theory, like when you go back three and over two, you're left of the ball. When you're standing there, the target's left of you. So your brain says, "Why would I ever want to go forward? Because forward is right. It's it 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 feels like it's right. You you might kick the ball to the right, but let me ask you this, and, and again, I'll get into more detail in a second. But how many times have you seen a kicker who swings really aggressively across his body, we'll say for a right footed kicker, he swings really far to the left. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen that that guy who kicks that left ball or left swing? How many times have you seen him miss it to the right? Mm. I see it a lot. How many times do you see him make it? Yeah, they make them. And again, how many times have you seen him kick it left or miss it left? A lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those kind of guys that have this aggressive lateral swing, they have the ability to miss it to the right, believe it or not. Then make it, of course, and then also miss it left. Well, my thing is like, why wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather the ball goes to the right because you swung to the right? Not because you swung the total opposite direction. You're I say to my yeah. kids, like, well, little Johnny, you swung, you swung your leg. Well, little Johnny, which way did you swing your leg? Well, coach, I swung it to the left. Little well, Johnny, which 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 direction did the ball go? Well, it went to the right. I say, Well, how's that working out for you? I said, well, what what's your answer to that? How are you gonna straighten out that kick? Are you gonna swing even further to the left? in hopes that the ball might go straight. So again, it's a different philosophy because we're swinging more forward. And and, and, and kind of like, I always talk about these selling points. Not I'm trying to sell you on the, the form or get more business from you. I'm just trying to say, listen, think about this for a second. Now, now I have to kind of preface this by kind of showing you a couple of things of what, what exactly we focus on. We want guys to run in a straight line to a plant foot that's wider than most kids would ever wanna feel comfortable with. A wide plant foot. Okay. How many times have you heard people say, get that plant foot in and have that proper body lean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like why? You, when mm. you get too close to the ball, you've got to do some adjusting and then you're going to be falling off to the left. It, you have to, you, there's a lot of things you have to do when you plant too close. When you plant farther away, you don't have that restriction. There's, more, there's so much more freedom with your swing when you plant away from the ball. You have that separation mm. between you and the ball, but nobody wants that. Nobody wants that separate. I don't like that separate. I got to go to the ball. Okay, well, that's challenge number one is to get a guy that plants too close to get him to plant away. But anyways, running in a straight line to a wide plant foot. Then, um, I'm, I obviously don't have a, a, a share screen, but I'm going to show you. Okay. Hopefully you can see this, but I'm going to show you what my sweet spot is. <laughs> and a lot of people say, that's crazy. I would never imagine that. Okay. If you can see the chart yeah, yeah. on that football. Okay, so I'm right footed what, what panel is that chalk on mostly right panel or the left panel?
0: That's in the left panel.
1: It's on the left panel. So if I'm right footed, that's the angle I'm coming at. Right. Mm. So based on, uh, what you would think common sense would tell you, well, if you're running right at that right panel, I'm sorry, left panel, if you're running right at that left panel and kicking that left panel from a right footed kicker stance, that ball is going to go to the right. Common sense would say, yeah, that, that ball went to the right. Okay. All right, little Johnny. Okay, we've established that went to the right. Well, how about how high the chalk is on the football? That, that, foot, that, that, that chalk is higher than halfway up the football. Yeah. So based on that, do you think that ball went really high in the air or really low to the, like, towards the ground? Oh, yeah, it was a really low kick. Okay, little Johnny, we've established that common sense would tell you this ball went way right and way low. Yeah. Johnny says yes. Well, little Johnny, that was actually the best kick of that certain section uh, session that I had. I took the picture because it was a great kick, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I hit these a lot, but this kick was a good kick. It was a good mm-hmm. kick, really good kick. Okay. So that's my point. And and it, again, going back to this philosophy I keep referring to, running in a straight line to a wide plant foot and kicking the inside panel, and I can add more to it as hard as you possibly can. Kick it as hard as you want to. If you kick that ball as hard as you possibly can, doing those two things, and, and if I add a three, a third. So running in a straight line to a plant, a wide plant foot, kicking the inside panel as hard as you can, and the third one would be the follow-through going forward, but the second and third kind of relate because if you're kicking the inside panel from the angle you're running at, more than likely your follow-through is going to go more forward than left, obviously. So we've established that. So I'm going to ask you this, Danny. Yeah. What are the chances… I do those three things. I run in a straight line to a wide plant foot. I kick that inside panel as hard as I possibly can, and I follow through in a, in a forward motion. Um, what are the chances that ball ever goes left of center?
0: I hope not, Ned, ever. Zero. I hope that now, ball goes straight every time.
1: It, it will. It, the only option it has is either right or straight. It will never, ever, ever, ever go left again. So you're saying that – I'll just break it down into two things. Running straight, in a straight line to a wide plant foot, that's one kicking the inside panel as hard as I want to. That's two. If I just did those two things, I will never miss left ever again in my life. Hmm. But it's difficult to get kids to do that because they don't. And the great news is the fact that I just turned 48 like three weeks ago, but I can still nail 50-yard field goals. So I demonstrate for these kids. I say, listen, stand right behind me and see if you ever see my follow-through. And ultimately what I'm saying is you won't ever see my my follow-through to the left of my body. A lot of times you won't see it unless it's above my shoulder because I'm kind of flexible. So if I swing forward and you see it above my left shoulder, that means I've swung the same direction I'm running. Mm. Now, why am I swinging this way and the ball is actually going that way? Well, there's a lot more to that. But I'm proving to these guys that it actually happens. So that's, that's wow. the thing. Is that there's so many variables that a lot of these kickers and, – and, and here's the, the summary of a lot of the stuff I'm referring to really is that these guys in the NFL right now, honestly have a lot of things that they're they're doing lateral stuff they're doing a a lot of things that i personally couldn't do nor would i recommend anyone doing and here's why those guys are incredible athletes Hmm. so you think you compare going back to the golf scenario golf has been around for a million years you can play golf at the age of five all the way up to the age of 95 i'm just throwing numbers out you understand that yeah, yeah, you can yeah. play as a, as, a, as a boy, you can play as a girl, you can play as a man, you can play as a woman, you can play as a, a grandfather, as a grandmother, you can play, it's got genders, it like oh, all million people play golf. Well, because it's been around a long time and, and, and a lot of people are very interested in the sport of golf, they've found a good foundation. You look at the top 100 golfers in the world, if you slow motion their swing, you wouldn't find a whole lot of differences between them. Mm. They've, they've gotten so good with golf that the the techniques are kind of, they found what works and what doesn't work. And most of the better guys in this world use a certain technique that works for everybody. Mm. Now, again, there's some, out, some others out there that are different, but I'm just generalizing in a, in a sum of, summary of all all golfers, good golfers. And the other thing too is the number one hundred ranked golfer in the world can beat the number one ranked golf, golfer in the world any given day, mm. right? So really, at that point, you get so good at this golf swing that now it's up in the mind. Like whoever has the better mind that day is going to win because they all have really good swings. Well, if you transfer that to football and kicking, that's not even even a question. Like what? What do you mean that there's not the NFL can't even find thirty two really really good kickers. There's a couple out there that are kind of. You know, again, I'm not trying to cut anybody down, but there's guys out there that are a little inconsistent, and they're playing at the top level in the world. Why isn't there 332 kickers that are so amazing? The NFL teams, like I oh, don't, man, I don't even know that these guys are so close. And how do they pick? Yeah, but that, yeah. that's the thing.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts on like this this thirty three yard extra point and a couple guys starting to miss some extra points and then when you see like an O for one on an extra point they start to go mentally insane That's the you know so like what what do you what are your thoughts on uh, you know. Uh, mindfulness protocols to get yourself back centered after a big miss. Cause I remember the first time I missed a, in a, in a spring ball practice, the first time I got in gear, you know, I'm talking 21 years old, never been in a football uniform ever. And in that scenario, the first time I was in a field goal scenario and I made a couple kicks and every, you know, all the attention and the, 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 I don't know, the, the, the that situation, the stressful environment that make it or miss it. I fell in love with it. So now you're talking a grandiose stage. You're talking in front of thousands of people, people that love these teams and have been attached for for these, to these teams for so many years, you miss a kick. What are your thoughts on, on what's going on there?
1: Well, the thing is that you have to kind of determine what you did to miss the kick and kind of know, you know, what you did. Uh, That, that's the scariest times. um, And I've had a few of them that I had no clue what I did. Like, mm. man, I thought I hit that good. That That's a very scary moment for mm. someone who's kicking in the NFL and maybe in a very important game. I want the clock to run out. I'm like, I don't want to go on the field again because I have no clue what I just did on the last one. My And again, that didn't happen very often, but when you get good at your form and technique and that's really the mental side, people say, well, how do you deal with like, like exactly your question? How do you deal with the mental side of kicking? Did you have a sports psychologist help you out to, to calm you down? And, my answer is no. I, I never had any help in that that regard. I never had to. And it all came down to trusting my form. If mm-hmm. if I'm so solid on my form and my technique, and again, I, I mentioned something to you earlier about changing the way you think about kicking. Most kickers out there are so result-driven, meaning they're 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 looking for what the ball eventually will do. So Their drills, and that's, again, unfortunately, a lot of coaches out there do a lot of uh, drill work that are based 100% on what the ball is going to do, where the ball is going to land, what it's going to hit. It's Mm result-driven. All these drills these guys do are result-driven. Nobody does form drills. We do. We focus on the form and the technique. If you get that stuff down, the result will happen.
0: Without the ball, the ball...
1: But it doesn't matter without, with or without the ball, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, and again, with the ball, the ball will go a certain direction and and do a certain thing if you do the certain drill, but I'm a guarantee. It's not going to, you're not going to make these kicks where you think they should go if you're doing certain drills. And that's not something that you have to understand what the drill is first. But my point in saying that is that these kids, they don't want to see the ball not go where it's supposed to go. Mm. And they're afraid to try some of these little things we're talking about. But you think about it, there, there's a process in, in a lot of the drills that we're doing that, that will eventually, when you put them all together in one three-step approach and kick the ball and everything, if everything kind of lines up, the ball will go where it's supposed to go. But my point is, ultimately, is you, know, you think about building a house. When, when can you put the roof on a house? You, you, have to, you have to put the foundation down first. You got right. to build the sides and, and, the, and the walls and build, put your rooms and your bathrooms and closets. Then the last, basically the last thing you put on is the roof. Well, those field goal posts that all these kids are so diehard about, that is the roof. They're looking to get the roof first. You can't get the roof first. You got to do the foundation stuff mm. first. And that's why I'm saying change the way you think about kicking and, and going back to that mental side too, like, you know, people say, oh, how'd you deal with the mental side? Well, again, first off, trusting my form. And but second off, I tell I tell, listen, I said, you know, this might sound a little crazy, but I, I honestly didn't care where the ball went. I was I was so focused on my technique and my form, that was that was way more important to me than where the ball went. I understand in a game, you gotta make the kicks. I mm-hmm. get that. Subconsciously, it's extremely important. You notice I said that subconsciously. In the back of my mind, it's important. In the front of my mind, my form of technique is the priority. Because
0: if, if that's on point, then the result um, is going to be the same every single time.
1: It's opposite. Most kids think the opposite way because, it, and again, I just had a kid wanting, demanding to go outside to kick on Sunday. I'm like, dude, I, okay, we'll go out and kick on Sunday outside, but we do a lot of training indoors because we don't care to see where the ball goes. So if you, if you train a kid outside – and they're wanting to see the kick go through and you tell them to do certain things. I said, this ball, if you do it right, you probably should miss it for the right and they kick it and they make it right down the middle. Oh, well, for them, it's a good kick. But for me, no, you didn't do what I said. Mm. Okay? You're
0: trying to break old form, you're trying to break old habits. This is a deconstruction process that takes a lot of time and it's very interesting. Absolutely. I, I, it's very interesting.
1: The, the, the worst part about that though, is we, we, the, the, the bad habits that we have to break, um, our, our common sense habits the things that kids think they need a big back swing and all this stuff and lateral and hmm. and but uh, but even worse is is these coaches out there are teaching these things that kids are already doing anyways, so we have to fight the oh well, the coach told me to do i 'm like why like listen to what i 'm saying and think about this for a second, which one do you think makes more sense
0: hmm. now when you do your your side approach it 's a t- it 's typically two but like what are your thoughts on going left when you're when when you do your steps or do you just go straight back? Like what, what are your, what is your protocol?
1: Um, when you're lining up our field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've told, I've told kids, listen, three, three and two or four and three. Mm. I mean, I, it's it, obviously it's always gotta be 90 degrees. Yeah. And if we line up on a, on a left hash and, and, you know, of course I want to make sure they, they know that how to draw the line and right. where you're aiming and all that. Well, once they get lined up, I say, okay, little Johnny, what, what direction are you kicking? Um, we're on the left hash. Little Johnny says, well, we're kicking to the right. It's said, wrong answer, little Johnny. We're kicking straight. You lined up straight to a target, and the field happens to be turned a little bit. But it doesn't change where you're kicking the ball. You're kicking the ball straight from where you lined up. Again, right. that's, that's a, again you get into this mental side of it. Yeah. Kids overthink it. Yeah, Typically, kids on the right hash, right foot of kickers, they miss more to the left because even if they've lined up down the middle, when they're now, again, trying to steer this football... that's what i'm saying that's the difference between pro form and what we do we just line up and we let our form kick the ball whereas most guys they'll line up and yeah they got some things they might think about with the form but more importantly is is steering the football i want to kick that football that direction so their 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 mind takes over and they like okay i gotta steer this football a certain direction we don't steer a ball at all we just kick it
0: kick the ball straight yeah i I like that i mean I'm a thinker, right? And sometimes I overthink a lot of shit, and it's you know could be a problem. That's why I've gotten into meditation and breath work, and you know a lot of body weight stuff that you know, you know you mm-hmm. saw my program, and that's helped me calm the nervous system. It's helped me just relax and be more present, be more in the moment, and you know just take care of whatever you have to take care of in the moment. So, um, Mike, let's talk a little bit about now you're you're playing for the Jaguars. You got the job. Um, talk to me about the first few years and now the real work starts because everybody wants to take your job. There's, they're going to call guys to compete with you in camp. Talk to me about how you, you handled that in your mind.
1: Well, like I said earlier, I think we were, we were talking and and really it kind of comes down to me against me Mm. Um, and anybody. And I know that they're going to bring guys in every year they brought and they never brought for Jacksonville's purposes. They never brought any other punters in in Jacksonville the whole time I was here um weeks with the exception after brian barker left but brian would kick a lot during practice and so they they didn't really had any other any other punters at all during training camp but they also brought a kicker in so um it's really you know i applaud every every kicker that's come in to compete with me i've always been friends with because it's not i understand yeah they could have my job but i'm going to do the best i can and if they if they earn my job I'm going to high five them and, and wish him all the best luck in the world. I, that, that's not my position. I can't judge. I can't, right. it's it's me that lost the job. It's not. That it's takes
0: not. maturity though, right? Absolutely. I'm glad you're saying that because a lot of yeah. kids need to hear that. A lot of my best friends on my team were kickers. It's the best. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so yeah, in, 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 it's a very stressful job to begin with. So sure. my first year in Jacksonville, I think I was like 20 of 27, not, not great. So I know my, I'm like, uh Oh, I hope they, you know, off, you know, offer a contract and want me back, you know. Um, fortunately, they did. It was a one-year, you know, minimum deal because I wasn't drafted. So the first three years of my career, I was on one-year one minimum deals, um, which, you know, I, I love Jacksonville. I love the area. There's no reason for me to ever, you know, want to go anywhere else. Um, love the team, love the coaches, loved everything about it. Um, so the first year was, was a challenge. Going into my second year, here's kind of a big, big turning point. I, I we were competing. I had another guy, I think it was Craig Fayak from uh, Penn State. Good guy, really good dude. He came in and, and really good kicker, of course. They're all good.
0: Yeah, they're all good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. So um we're we're kicking and, and you know, the first couple games of preseason, neither one of us did really good. And I had missed a couple field goals. I don't know if it was one in one game, one in another game and whatever, but it was two in a row, whatever that was and going, and they had just ended going into the third preseason game. They released Craig. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm getting all the kicks here. You know, I'm, I, I've missed a couple. I can't miss any more. So um, I think, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I I'd missed two prior to that. And then in the game, I think we were, we were playing St. Louis Rams. I had missed a, a another field goal before the first the end of the first half. So I had at that point missed three kicks in a row. Mm. So I'm thinking crap. At the end of the half, we line up, you know, drive the ball, get, get far enough for a 54-yard field goal. So I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, now I got I to hit this. <laughs> okay, you know, whatever. If they call field goal, I'm going to go out there and give them my best, you know. Well, calls field goal, we get out there, and an offensive lineman or somebody was late coming on the field. Guess what? Delay a game. I'm thinking, okay, well – I'm not sure. It's the end of the half. I mean, we've got nothing to lose. So I'm pretty sure he's going to keep me on here. And Tom Coughlin kept me on the field. So we, we backed it up five. So now it's 59. Well, I hit that ball really well right down the middle. Hell I yeah. kind of barely made it. I might've might had a yard yeah. <laughs> on it, but I made it. It was in a dome in St. Louis in was preseason, 59 yard field goal. And from that nice. point on, was really kind of a turning point for me. I'm like, it, it really kind of a solidifier that I knew I could do it. You know, even under the the most pressure after missing three kicks in a row, at that point, you just kind of have to just, you can't add more pressure by, you know, thinking too much about right. it, you just gotta react and just let it happen, let it flow. And and again, I don't get too caught up into thinking too too deep into into things and results. I'd like to just, you know, be natural with it and, and you know, obviously focus on good stuff. But when, when you start putting, you know, pressure on the the meaning, the consequence of the result, meaning, you know, if I make this kick, we win the game. If I miss this kick, we lose the game. If I'm thinking that, that's pressure.
0: Yeah. Can't do when that.
1: I'm stepping on the field to kick a game winner, I treat it no different than any other kick. The, the first extra point of the game, I treat it like that. Like it doesn't matter. It's just it's just another opportunity to make a kick. Right. This one happens to count in a way that it's going to make the difference between winning or losing. But again, you got to put that back here. You know it's right. there. But you got to forget about that and focus on on the kick at hand. And and again, don't try harder. And one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from Brian Barker, um, and actually Larry Pasquale, a especially teams coach had kind of mentioned this too, but. So listen Mike don't don't do any more on game day than you would do in practice. You yeah. don't don't think just walking on the field on game day that you got to do and this is what I did. Oh man, I'm walking on the field to you know pre-game to start warming up I'm thinking okay I got to I got to kick every ball at least to the goal line and kickoffs and my yeah. every field goal attempt I got to hit solid I got And again I was trying to do more on game day than I was doing in practice and that's the opposite again another opposite. So listen do do less. Think about this like Focus on being relaxed and doing your job and kicking the ball, but understand that you're already excited. You got the the, the energy of the stadium and people watching, and it's already there. That's yeah. that's your power. Your power yeah. is going to be there. It's not like you're going to kick it real lazy. You'll you'll still kick it. Just relax and do it, and and things start to fall in place.
0: Do you feel like the the stadium crowd and do you that energy? Do you feel like that gave you more power? Do you feel like that you? Like you were able to superhumanly kick the ball 65, 75 yards because of that or no?
1: No, I, I, I it, you get to the point where you kind of ignore all that. I mean, it's I, I'm oblivious to the crowd. I have no idea that there's like 20 cameras and there's a million more <laughs> people watching it on TV. I don't even know. I, I, for, for that, all it, matter, I, I, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I'm playing. I'm, I'm trying to, to make this kick and all kicks that I try. I'm trying to make them for my team. I wanna help my team win the game. Yeah. I wanna make them for me, yes, but that, that includes my team, obviously. So I'm 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 doing this for my team, my coaches, and you know, and the fans. Or or just you know, just my team and my coaches. I really don't care. Obviously, I don't want to say it in a negative way. I don't care what the fans think. Obviously I do, but at the time of kicking a field goal, the the fans are the last thing on my yeah. yeah. worry about that. I gotta focus yeah. on like, on winning the game or, or, or making kicks for my team, do the best that I can for my team and my teammates.
0: Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. Um, so you played for what, four years with the Jags? Jackson- how long the Jackson- with, with the Jaguars? Yeah. Seven years with the Jaguars. So talk to me about the end with the Jaguars and how that starts to go about and uh, you know, how you start to think about yourself and you know, the rest of your career and um, how do you handle that emotionally as you have to perform physically?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a business and it's, it's sometimes it's cutthroat. Um, I had a, a bit of a, a, an issue with my, I, I, I and after my third year, I, I went to the Pro Bowl. So my, my, and it, it was, again, that was after my last, uh, restricted free agent deal. So now I'm an unrestricted free agent had just gone to the Pro Bowl. So the timing couldn't have been any better. So I got mm-hmm. this, this really good deal four year deal. And then that was with the assumption of after, and again, assumption, it wasn't in writing. Uh, after 2 years if i'm playing well that they would you know restructure my contract and extend it and give me another bonus and all that well as you i don't know if you remember back in that day but but um close to you know 2000 2001 the jaguars started to get into a, a major salary cap problem they, they we gave a lot of money to a lot of mm. of guys um and we were making that run for the super bowl in in 99 and and that didn't happen but uh, again that was kind of the um, kind of a, um, a dagger because what happened was, you know, they had to get rid of a lot of guys because of the salary cap issue. And I was one of them. Mm. Um, they of course figured they can find another kicker. And, and there was, there was four other kickers between when I left and Scoby came in. Um, Scoby came in um, two years after I left. So that year that I was not uh, the year I was in Buffalo. And, and after I left Jacksonville, the Jaguars went through four different kickers in that one year. That's so, the
0: same thing with the bears. So I'm in Chicago and they got rid of Robbie gold cause of salary cap issues as well. And then, you know, you know at I Brown. think, I think you know what happened with Cody Parkey, you know? <laughs> it oh, sucks, yeah. You know yeah.
1: It yeah. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's the uh, contracts is a business. It's tough. Um, you know, looking back now, I would have done a different, you know, would have done it way different. I, I was a little immature in the way I left because it was, I was upset. It was the, the loyalty sure. wasn't there. And I just felt like uh, I was very expendable and it just wasn't something that I was real uh, proud about because I, you know, it was, it was not, not fun leaving Jacksonville. Of course, I love the city. I love the, the area and that's why I came back, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I had a, a bad year my last year and Mar- a lot of it had to do with my mentality because I felt that I was, you know, you know, they didn't treat me like a player anymore. It was just, it was just expendable. I knew I was going to be leaving. They, they told me that they were going to re- redo my contract. And, and every time I would come in to talk to them because they told me to, they would say, you know, sorry, Mike, we, you know, we have bigger fish to fry or we have this, we have that. I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know? So again, it's, it's a business. It, it's tough, but again, um, you just have to take advantage of opportunities you get. And, and again, feel blessed that you have the opportunity to go play for another team. You know, if you sure. didn't have that ability, then, you just go home and you know start your post career, whatever that might be.
0: Yeah. So now we talk, you're talking about coaching. Um, did you always have that uh, inclination to coach and and be a value of other people and help them develop and grow?
1: Yeah. You know the, the thing is that that the, the stuff that I was taught was so different, um, and and I felt that if I could do it, and and that that was the thing with me is that I wasn't I didn't treat myself any better than anybody else. When I was playing, I was the last one on off the field to, you know, uh, sign autographs, making sure everyone got autograph that wanted one. I was, I was always the last one off the field. Um, you know, when people asked me to do appearances, absolutely, sure, no problem. So again, I didn't treat myself any different than, than anybody else. And and I kind of felt that way with, with kicking. I wanted to, the kids to understand, like, if I can do this and I'm, I'm a little bit of maybe an above average athlete, but again, I'm not real big. I'm not, not fast. It's a lot of things that, uh, the world would tell me, which they did the world told me i shouldn 't be a kicker, and I ended up being a kicker in the nFL um, so that was kind of an intention to to teach a different style of kicking uh, for kids that that were eager like me and and again that, that that kicking was a very big passion of mine and and I took advantage of uh, the, that passion and and the coaching and and i 'm so thankful that Jim spent the time he did with me and taught me everything that I know. And now he's a coach with me here in pro form. So we do this stuff together now.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. So we're about 60 minutes, a little bit more through. Um, This has been awesome. This has been a great time for me to pick a professional's brain and uh, just to kind of understand that road and, and take some of that, that information and apply it to my life. And I hope that whoever's listening to this, they they do as well. And they relentlessly go for what they're passionate about. Cause I think when you put that out into the world, it comes back to you. And everything happens for a reason. And there's so many different things that you can learn from the things that happen to you. And um, you know, I'm all about optimization, improvements and, and how to expend energy the best possible way and and to also enjoy life at the same time you know Mm -hmm. these are some of the questions and thoughts that I've had as I've gotten older and I think kicking has taught me so much because of the you versus you uh, put yourself in an uncomfortable situation prosper uh, understand what it feels like to triumph and have success and understand what it feels like uh, to go through those failures and to become resilient and go back to it so um, yeah I'm grateful for all the stuff that you've said today and your time and uh this was great dude
1: awesome well i appreciate it sure so where can people (laughs) find you if
0: they have any questions and and they're looking to get some coaching or get some consultations from you where where can people find you
1: um proformkicking.com is is really the best way i've tried to provide enough uh, information on that site for for answers for questions that that people might have but um yeah uh proformkicking.com um on Instagram, I'm uh, Proform Kicking. Also, Mike Hollis, NFL. Nice. Um, Twitter's Proform Kicking.
0: I'll put all this stuff in the show notes for listeners interested. So this is the way they can just click on links and and get to you and all that. So yeah, man, uh, thank you so much, and that was it.
1: Awesome, thank you, Danny.
0: What a fun episode that was for me to pick the brain of a former NFL kicker, to understand a little bit of what goes in their mind uh, while they're in season, and now. Uh, after football is over and how he's coaching other athletes to improve their game. And it's just this amazing cycle of generations passing on information and doing it better. This is the beauty about life and growth and development. And I love seeing this pattern uh, with youth, with professionals and this ongoing thing is so cool. And especially talking about kicking and this unique position. You know, I was fortunate enough to play four years in college and and play flag football. It just opened up so many doors for me. It taught me so much about fitness, taught me so much about my body and about handling tough life situations in a healthy, simulated, controlled manner. And that's the podcast, everybody. Check out my Instagram at Danny Cola Fitness. Go to www.dannycolafitness.com to get my three-part series on how to swing a kettlebell Do some breathing exercises and mobility 100% for free. Thank you so much for tuning in.